So welcome back to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. Um, I've got a fascinating guest this week. I've got a guy called Matthew Ord, and he works for LV Shipping and Transport, and his job title is Company Ambassador. So we've called this week's podcast Company Ambassador Explain. So no pressure, Matthew, but welcome to the Impact Sessions podcast. Thanks, Nick. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well. Um, you know, we started looking at doing some work together and that kind of thing. And I came across sort of you in the role and I thought that's worth exploring. It's quite an interesting job title. You don't see it very often. So I think what we're going to do is um, we're going to explore the role. We're going to talk about fast moving global shipping and transport. We're going to talk about, you know, the impact of well, we have to use it, don't we? The COVID and the Brexit words and things that you probably get sick of hearing about. But, you know, I'd be interested to uh, to look at your take on that. And also, as I say, what the, what the role involves. So why don't we start with company ambassador? Tell us about that. What, where did that come from? What does it involve? And um, and what re- what reaction do you get from people when you, when you introduce yourself as that, as a, as a lad from Middlesbrough? <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, the, the, the title came from uh, our chairman, Chris Lewin. So my background is I, I worked for the Chamber of Commerce for about five years, uh, dealing with the, re- the region's importers and exporters, generally exporters. So I got to know all the businesses making things, designing things and, and, and sending them overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much a, a physical job. So they had to physically be sending something as opposed to a service, you might say. Um, and I remember when uh, the job offer came through the door uh, and my partner, Catherine, she opened it and she started sort of sneering. I was like, what's, what's so funny? Is it that poor a wage? And uh, she said, oh, no, the title's amazing. They called you a company ambassador. Um, you see a bit more of it now. And, and, and it's, it, it's probably a play on, on certain other roles that I've done in the past where I've always been a conduit between businesses. Um, and, and my philosophy has always been don't, in, don't invite anyone else into one of your businesses or a business that you know unless you've worked with them and you trust them. Mm. Um, and I've grown a bit of a reputation for, for introducing people and being fairly well respected in that area. Um, and having known all the importers and exporters, it was a, a little bit of a no-brainer for LV, I would hope, in terms of what they do and their activities and who I knew and, and what I could bring to the uh, I wouldn't call it a party just yet, but to bring to the table. Well, I guess I guess that is the definition of an ambassadorial role, isn't it? To be fair, the uh, the Chamber of Commerce in York used to have an ambassador role, like a voluntarily thing, and um, and it was it was a number of years ago, and, and they didn't resurrect it for some reason. But it was anyone who travelled widely who was proud of living in York, and I've lived in York for thirty years. I think it's a fabulous city, and. Uh, I uh, used to travel and still do, but obviously not at the moment for, for business. And I used to run sessions and I, and I was always proud of being, you know, associated with the city of York. So they made me a, an ambassador for the city of York and I had it on my, on my foot or my email and um, a slight pretension to it. And one of my clients, if she's listening to this podcast, will just roll her eyes and go, yeah, we get it. You used to be an ambassador for the city of York, but it, 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 it is about having pride, isn't it, in, in what you're representing and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's not about Ferrero Rocha, is it, at the ambassador's well, residence? So. It's funny It's funny you should mention it, Nick. I, I, sometimes when I go into a meeting and um, I, I give the Ferrero Rocha a little pack of three, <laughs> and, and if they're of a certain age, they'll go, very clever. Very clever. Uh, and if they don't, they'll just say, thanks for the chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it is good. I mean, the, the, the job title itself can often open doors and that might seem a little bit pretentious like you say but actually 
um, and I'm sure we'll touch it in my, in my history. Um, I've always been involved in business development or director level roles or some sort of sales type capacity. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you, as I mentioned earlier, you're seeing a few businesses steer away from that type of name now. Mm. Um, it doesn't pull the wool over everyone's eyes. Don't get me wrong. You still got to work hard, but it, it's certainly an opportunity to go, oh, who's this guy? And let's, it, it's intriguing, isn't it? Well, I think, Part of the thing is intrigue, and I think it's got a bit of gravitas to it as well, hasn't it? You know, yeah. someone's given it some thought. Um, I've seen people who work in creative industries call themselves the big cheese and the head honcho and all that kind of thing. But <laughs> I really do like I really do like company ambassador. I think LV uh, shipping and, and transport have got it right in terms of, you know, the skill set you bring to the table. So how long have you been there, uh, Matthew, in, in that role? It'll be four years uh, shortly. I think in the next two or three months, I think uh, May or June I started four years yeah. ago. Um, uh, and you're right, it does have a little bit of gravitas to it. It's, it is something I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, you know, it's a role that really, really suits me. I think everyone that meets me looks at my career that knows me personally goes, yeah, that, that's really what you're good at. Yeah. Um, you know, being that person between businesses and helping them out and supporting them. But on the part about being proud, I, I grew up in Middlesbrough, as we mentioned off air. Mm. And, um, I always said being from Middlesbrough is a bit like having an ugly sister. Mm. I'm allowed to say bad things about her, but you're not. Yeah, I'm from Stockton Tees, north of the river, and a, and a class T side is my my home. And I lived there for yeah. a long time before I moved to York. And uh, yeah, we're allowed, we're, you know, when, when you come over the flyover and you see the, the smog, we're very proud of that. But we don't like no, people, we don't like people having a go at it, do we? No, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. So on a day-to-day basis then, what are the specific duties of the role? Uh, in, in addition to being a guest on my Absolutely cracking podcast, obviously. What are what are the things do you do on a day-to-day basis that people would recognize? Because it's not it's not a completely separate role from other things. People recognize elements of what what does it involve then, Matthew? I suppose, um, apart from being on these amazing podcasts, Nick, yeah, you're right. It, it is to be the eyes and ears of the business. Um, commercially, um, I'm, I'm fairly astute and sensitive. So where there's opportunities that um, we as a business can lay one of our um, uh, sector-specific sort of um, roles on, we, we would do that. So looking at our transport department, looking at our warehousing department, looking at our global footprint, looking at our 12 offices in the UK. I feel like I'm talking about everything we do here, but no, genuinely, no. because people in our office, they have a role to do. So they would be UK transport or they would be uh, worldwide shipping on, on CRF freight. They don't always look at every opportunity that arises from a conversation with a client mm. and being at the Chamber of Commerce and helping people with what I always said was the very, very unglamorous side of exporting. I wasn't traveling the world with these customers. I wasn't, um, you know, selling products overseas and doing amazing exhibitions in glamorous locations. I was helping them with the basics of exporting. Uh, so getting your commodity codes right, your in-core terms, your documentation, mm. everything you need in order to ship them goods overseas. And We've seen a huge collision over the last two or three months with Brexit into um, how that is very, very important now because we're now not part of that one big happy family. We're all individual countries and we're trading with, I get the math wrong all the time, is it 27 individual countries over there now? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and even I don't know. And this is an example of how quickly this this sector changes. And this is, this is a massive challenge for our sector. Absolutely mm-hmm. ginormous. 100 years we've been going, Nick. Um, we've seen wars, we've seen pandemics, we, 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 we're still seeing COVID. Um, this is probably one of the biggest challenges we've had in terms of how it's played out. Well, we'll address a little bit of that shortly. Okay, um, I guess I guess it's about, like you say, you're a bigger picture guy than aren't you. Other people have got the day jobs, other people have got the operational stuff to do with, other people have got their function. 
you're you're a bigger picture guy, I guess, reporting to the board and, and, and yeah. just looking at what's next and ideas and that kind of thing. Yeah, it is. And it's nice to have all that sort of level of interaction with such a big business. And uh, we were quite fortunate that our chairman um, was our MD up until a couple of years back. And he's now our chairman of the group. And he's based in Middlesbrough, which is fantastic to have him here. Um, but, but yeah, I, I always call myself that seven-year-old child. Why? Why? What for? And I ask a lot of questions. So <laughs> what, do, what do you do with this part of your business? And how yeah. do we involve ourselves with them? Who can I speak to in this area? Whereas other people, um, it could be especially at the moment, Nick, a lot of it's form-based and web-based, so you don't get to go in the business and have a good nosy around. I quite yeah. enjoy it. And I miss that bit. That's the bit I really miss. Well, you can't see stuff if you're on a Zoom call that you can see while walking around a warehouse, can't you? Say, what's happening with that over there? And how did that get from there to there? And what's your problems? And yeah. that kind of stuff. But that'll come back, though, won't it, Matthew, hopefully? 100%. I think um, Chinese New Year will be big. It'll be a big turning point in the world. And people ask, well, what, what does that have to do with anything? China control a lot of that. Uh, the containers that are around the world, if they're all in China, the prices go up. The demand for PPE, the price goes up. Um, so, yeah, Chinese New Year. And then probably you're looking at mid to end of the year, if I'm honest, before I think we really see and feel a difference. We will, There will be a difference, but whether we'll see or feel it till that point um, remains to be seen. I'm personally, I do a lot of work around sort of sales development and I work with organisations on the sales strategy. I work with sales professionals, etc. I'm not convinced we're going to go back to what you would call the old normality, 50,000 miles a year driving up and down the M1 and the motorway networks. I think there's going to be an element of this hybrid type stuff. I think there's going to be an element of, you know, high quality face-to-face meetings, but they'll be done after you've built the relationships on Zoom and all the things that go with that. So it'd be an interesting time, I think. For- I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll happen. The hand sanitization will stay. I think we'll be socially distanced where we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think you're talking three, four, maybe even five years before we see anything that is what looks like normal. And I don't refer to that in a in a business capacity, just in a human interaction kind of capacity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it evolves. Um, Has the handshake been surpassed by the elbow bump that's the I'm, not, I'm not i think i'm not cool enough nick i can't <laughs> I, I saw i saw yeah. say to people look i'm just gonna say hi because i'm not cool enough to you can't, elbow yeah but well, if you're not if you're not mate i'm not so I'm <laughs> that brings that brings me on to a little observation or question so uh, your uk sales director and your group commercial manager were very quick to nominate <laughs> When I invited LV Shipping and Transport on as guests, and it was, and, and I know that I know them more, both more than I know you. They claim they both have a face for radio and not necessarily YouTube. So, how often do you roll that as a presentable face of LV Shipping and Transport? Then, um, quite often actually, I, I, not <laughs> because of my face and not because of my knowledge is superior to them. I mean, Kevin um, is a really handsome chap. He's doing himself a dis- uh, disservice there. Yeah, Jonathan, yeah. Not, not so much. You won't mind me saying that. I've known him a few years, and we like to take the mick out of each other. But, um, yeah, it, it is the case, and that, that's my job title. That's what I do, Nick. And mm. if something needs to happen, someone needs a presentation, a company wants to see us, and there's nobody local, That that's the whole point of the role. Yeah. To go out and be fairly well-versed and not an expert in every area, but to be able to cover our business in enough glory that we have an opportunity to, to secure commercial work from them. And that's... That's business. That's how it's done. Excellent. Well, that comes from your background. I'm going to explore that in a second. But uh, I was slightly concerned that two lads from the Northeast might need interpreters on our uh, webinar and, and uh, podcast for our listeners. But it uh, would have been even worse with Kevin, I guess, from Liverpool. <laughs> would have really struggled with that. So that's OK. Um, your LinkedIn profile is really interesting. You've always been involved in, as you mentioned, account management, business development, relationship building. Um 
So the role that you've got now, is it a rename for that? Or is it an, ex you know, is it, is it a natural thing that others should explore? Do you think there's a real value add in, in, the, in the name and what the role looks like for the businesses? Because it, it still is quite rare, isn't it? I think, yes, on all, on all fronts there, Nick. Yes, it's a hybrid. Yes, it's a move away from, let's call himself a salesperson because the door might not open. Um, but also, yes, definitely businesses should explore it. We, we've seen more of it. Um, just yesterday, a good friend of mine, Kevin Ness at Wilton, he's been a business development ambassador for a couple of years now after I started at LV just to get my point in that I was there before him. Uh, and he changed yesterday to, to a slightly different title to cover to cover the group. Um, and, and that is reflective of his job. And I think this is reflective of my job. I'd hate to see every salesperson start calling himself an ambassador because yeah, yeah. So, sometimes we, we, we do have a challenge with salespeople in the region and we do have a challenge with people that um, are a little bit old-fashioned in their ways that are losing that kind of edge. And I'm sure, you know, it's great that we've got you coming to our facility at some point or whether it's on Zoom to, to, to look at our... Uh, uh, sales, um, whatever you want to call it, Nick. I, I suppose the yeah, whole thing, isn't it? It's more than just sales. It's really your sales function and your structure. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there do what they've always done, and, but you're going to get different results now because the, the mechanisms are not there. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that, to be fair. Um, I, I did some research in terms of the language on your LinkedIn. I particularly like this. This is what it says about you and it's what you I'm said. I'm worried, I'll be, no, no, you probably, well, you've written it, so someone's written it anyway. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not Wikipedia, so it should be okay. <laughs> uh, it says, building a network of business contacts that I've been able to call upon has been something I've built up over many years. The ability to strengthen and build them relationships through giving an excellent service and putting businesses together has been the key to those relationships being as strong as they are today. So are you a connector? Are you a a conduit are you a guy who just goes you should know you and you should talk to you and you people should be working together is that what you do as well because that can only benefit i guess the end game of lv as well can't it yeah i suppose it's about analyzing my strengths and my weaknesses my weaknesses ask anyone will be in my administration right. i'm not the man you want sat behind a desk all day churning out emails i'm the guy you want in front of people speaking to people keeping all the plates spinning and sitting there and thinking do you know what so-and-so at so-and-so business would be brilliant here because he's got the right character. He would fit this business. His business would align itself well with them. And actually, I've worked with him and I've got good value from it. And that's always been, like I said earlier, there's no good someone ringing me and saying, hi, Matt, I've seen your profile on LinkedIn. Would you do me an introduction to Bob at ABC Engineering? Yeah. I'm sorry, but no, I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know how good your business is. Um, and, and I've never done it. And um, what I have done is I've put people together at a different level and said, look, just have a conversation. Um, this isn't me trying to score any points and, and you're fine, Nick, and I'm sure you've done it over your career. Um, you do someone a good turn like that and nine times out of ten, it'll come back to you tenfold. Now go, oh, there's no questions asked. Matt's the person to speak to. Yeah. Oh, she can should be doing that, speak to Matt. And that's how, for me, and this isn't a, a sort of a, a roll out the red carpet for everyone and everyone does the same thing. It's worked for me and, and this has been 20 years of my life, give or take, that I've done some role in business development, account management, sales, you name it. So I like to think I've done okay. I'm not one for blowing my own trumpet. Uh, you know, I'm probably a bit of marmite for some people. Uh, I don't mind that either. It, it, you know, it's no skin off my nose if someone says, nah, you wouldn't help me. Well, unfortunately, you can't help everyone, can you? I'm, well, I'm afraid. A, I'm a, big you a, you can't help everyone. And B, you probably don't want to help people that you don't know well enough. Because, you know, again, going back to what you said, it comes back tenfold if you're helpful. Might come back tenfold if, if you introduce someone you know, to who's an absolute idiot or a moron. So you've got to be careful that the, the, request, the request is is at the right time. 
I think what I like about the approach you've got is clearly, you know, you're looking at, it seems to me, the overall impact in the general economy as well. It's not just about LV, uh, you know, shipping and transport. There's a there's an advantage, there's a pride in the Northeast economy there as well. Isn't it? If you can help, you know, put people together, that probably goes back to your chamber days, does it? Where you were building supply chains with people and, and making sure people were talking to the right people with the right skill set. Does that, have you, have you got an interest in the economy in general wider than just LV? Um, 10 years ago, no. I thought it was probably the most boring thing ever. And as you grow up and start to act your age and not your shoe size, you realise that being able to hold a conversation about other things and why you're going into a meeting, about the cold, hard face of it, mm. will stand you in good stead. And I, I was lucky enough to work with James Ransbotham at the Chamber for five years. And I wouldn't say he took me under his wing per se, but I was certainly there and I had him, you know, I could go and speak to him. I could sit in his office, ask him questions, and he would teach me quite a lot. And it opened my eyes up to, you know, they don't just want to hear about the Chamber of Commerce and how good we are, Matt. They want to hear about what's happened in their local area and why the swim baths is closed again. So I got involved with lots of local area committees, so South Tyneside and mm-hmm. Gatehead and Stockton, Middlesbrough, just so I could understand what was going on from not a political point of view, because I'm not I'm not very political. Uh, I'm not politically driven or politically focused. I like who I like. And if they're red, white, blue or green, yeah. then over here, I'm not really bothered. Um, and, and just understanding their um, their objectives and understanding the objectives of the area helps you work with the local business. We've got another business um, called LV Vallenbeck, which I work in probably 50% of my time owned by LV Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's what you might look at and think it's an old metal bashing company. We make timber and uh, timber and cardboard boxes and cases for around about 200 exporters in the region. Right. And again, LV have gone, hang on a minute, Matt, you know all these people. We have a service that they could be provided with. Yeah. Can you go in and speak to them? And, and I never go and speak about boxes. Yeah. Have a conversation. Can we put the kettle on? Can I text some Freya Roshi in back in the day? Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then we we open the box and say, look, what can we help you with? What can we support with? And, yeah. you know, we're not begging for your business, but we can support you. Excellent. You, you're obviously clearly a strong networker and you've built powerful networks in, in, in well, now and in the past. Would you get, is there any advice you give someone who's looking to, you know, potentially build their network and get better at it? You know, what is, is, there, is there a golden thread that you've found that works for you? Um, I'm naturally a, a people person. There's absolutely no problem me walking in a room full of 200 or 2,000 people and going around and individually speaking to people, asking how the day has been, what they do. And, and seeing if there's something I can I can help them with. So I think for me it's it's slightly it's easy for me to say I'll just go and speak to them. But actually un- understand who you want to speak to and why. So I don't only speak to manufacturers and engineers that are making something. I spend a lot of time with who are now some good friends, um, lawyers, uh, accountants, insurance mm-hmm. people, because they know way before it comes out in the newspaper what's going to happen. Yeah. They're doing the insurance for the building that they might be moving into in six months' time. They're preparing the lead. I'm not saying that they tell me all this information. No, no, but, but it's finger on the pulse, isn't it? It's, a, it's, about, it's about selectively choosing the people who can add value, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, and if you want to, if you want to, if you, see, you constantly see things in the paper or in the local magazines or wherever it might be, when you're reading that, you're already six months too late. Yeah. That, that happened ages ago. And if you want to be involved with them at the right stage to help influence your business, and, and we do because we need to help them move to the premises or set up a new office or transport the goods around the world. If this story is already broke, we're, we're sixth in line. You know, yeah, it's, I was say, uh, yeah. so, somebody, else, somebody else has signed that contract yeah. for three years well before you've yeah. even been aware of it. So, yeah, I get that. Okay. 
And I liked what you said there, by the way, at the start. You probably didn't, he didn't even think he'd said it because it's quite natural. When you meet somebody in a room, 200 or 2,000 people, you ask them how their day is going. So it's always about them first, isn't it? That's just a natural instinct. So I really like that. Really like that. Excellent. Okay. Um, I'm just going to get rid of this email. It just popped up for some reason. I don't know why it's done that on the screen. Um, so let's talk economy. I know you're not a political animal, and I know, you know, that... that um, it, it, you're not plugged in particularly to say, you know, you're the economic advisor to the region for, you know, the Keys Valley or, or the Northeast, but you work in shipping and you work in transport and you work in logistics. So January into February must have been quite challenging with Brexit, okay? You mentioned that earlier. What's the reality of the on-the-ground experience? You see stuff in the news, don't you? You see lorries queuing up at Dover. You see sensationalising stuff, you know, um, uh, people not leaving the ports in Singapore, all sorts of stuff. What's the reality on the ground then? What's your view, Matthew, of how Brexit's affected your moving stuff around? Very, very difficult. Mm. Like I said earlier, probably the biggest challenge we've had as a business in 100 years. Um, oh, it, I could literally, we'd have to do another podcast, Nick, but the reality is that um, the government have made it difficult for, let's call them, uh, hauliers to want to come to the UK. So you've got all these European drivers going, I'm not going to the UK. You could shut your borders at any time. I'm not getting stuck there. So there, there's a simple um, kind and of it, and human... Is it, and is it, is it borders or is it paperwork? Is it is it the well, fact of being with, stuck? With COVID, it's it's borders. So yeah. if, so we've, just today we've had this new outbreak in, it was it Milton Keynes or Surrey somewhere, where they've said, mm. look, we're now going to, um, uh, we're going we're gonna to sort of try and, test a lot of people in such a short space of time in, in this area now as a, as a driver we had this before christmas the, with the delays so that's a covid related issue they mm. don't want to come here because the government might turn on tomorrow and say right borders are shut mm. if you're then here you can't be, get back to see your family yeah the other side of it um is, is brexit uh, and brexit's a whole different animal um it just so happens that they're both happening at the same time and having this uh, adverse effect on the industry as a Simple example, again, because I don't want to get into technical terms, but if you were shipping something from Middlesbrough to China, I won't say this time last year, but early January last year, uh, a 40-foot container might cost you between three and a half and four and a half thousand pounds. Yeah. Again, I'm talking hypothetically. That would now cost you around about 12 to 15 thousand pounds. Wow. So that, and that's a genuine reality. So people are questioning themselves, is it urgent? Do I need it? Have I got a market for it? Can I put a price increase? without being to the detriment of my customers. So mm -hmm. if I'm importing PPE and I'm selling a, a high-vis jacket for £12.99, I now have to pay an extra almost £8,000 in freight. Can I now sell that jacket at £45 without my customer going, come on, you're just you're just making a mark? And they're not. Yeah. They're genuinely not making This is the reality of the world. Um, we've got huge issues in Europe with transit documentation, so crossing borders of other countries that are saying, what's the final destination? Who's liable for the VAT? Um, yeah, I, again, and, and I'm laughing, but we've genuinely had people in our office in tears. This is hugely challenging just to control your own customers, yeah. and the new customers that want to come to you, plus the customers that are knocking your door down, to, to potentially have to turn them away at such a point when you've had such a trying year last year mm. is, 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 well, you, would, you don't want to do it, do you? But unfortunately, we are getting to the point where the reality says that there is only so much you can do. Phone calls at I think 12 minutes past midnight on the 1st of January. Wow. With issues. Without, that's not an exaggeration, and it's been constant that the people that look after our customs declaration team, 
Um, uh, well, they're getting flowers regularly sent from the directors, put it that way. This is huge, and it's yeah. it's not just us. Every other freight company, haulage company, you speak to in the northeast, who who I know the vast majority of them are having the same challenges. And what happens is, Nick, unfortunately, for a period of time, it will reflect bad on us mm. from the customer because they're understanding. On, the on you as an industry or us as a country or both? Uh, well, I think transport as a, as a particular sector at the moment is, is probably getting an unfair time. I think some people do understand it and realise that we don't own the ship or the aircraft. Yeah. I'll give you one very quick example, which is northeast related. I was bringing a, a six-ton television for a client in the Teesside for a mm. big project. And that was due to be with us on the 14th of December last year. They only got here on the 14th of January. Now, bear in mind, that's well before Brexit and the deal. Mm. So they're, they're just some of the real... And that, that, that ship was coming into Southampton. Um, there was about a six-day delay in Southampton getting goods off the boat and cleared. So they decided to go to Normandy in France. That's well, not good to me in Normandy in France. I've got yeah. a client waiting in Newcastle that wants that television. Yeah. So they're, they're the real challenges. Then there's extra charges because we've now got to go to Normandy. We've got to pick it up. We've got to bring it over. We can't do it for free. We've got to try and do it on a, on a margin that's sensible, but we've got to explain this to the customer. Um, and this is, this is probably um, every couple of hours this sort of thing is happening right now. So do people think, without knowing, that they're, they're assuming that there's a bit of profiteering going on, and the reality is you're just trying to get through the day? I would, Nick. If it was me sat on the side, I can't blame them. I mean, this is human nature, isn't it? You've just got to try and explain the best you can. And I hope that my clients and the people I speak to trust me enough that I'm not doing this because I'm getting paid a hell of a lot of money. Um, I'm doing this because I want to help you get your products. I understand your business. Mm. Uh, and I want to make you successful because if you're successful and you ship more, we move more. We get paid. So it's, it's yeah, a circular win, economy for us. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything people – I mean, the media is reporting, you know uh, – it does worry me about everything, scaremongering and all that kind of thing. It, it, it's done that throughout COVID, Brexit. Brexit seemed to slip back under the radar, didn't it? Because COVID was such a you know, yeah. big story. And then we got like this massive rush towards the sort of deadline date. Is there anything that someone as a business could be doing right now to, to take that pain away of, of shipping and moving goods? Because, you know, it's not going anywhere soon, is it? Uh, it, it will ease up, um, and I think we, as, as, as a society, we get used to the things that we're told to change to. We get used to wearing face masks where we have to. We get used to – it becomes a habit. The amount of times you've stepped out of your car and got halfway in the door at Tesco and thought, oh, my mask. Yeah. But we, we just – we get used to things, don't we? Um, and it's certainly the case with, with this. So it is a lot of uh, paperwork, Nick, so it's not like um, – and that, unfortunately, that paperwork does cost a little bit of money, but we're talking – 20 to 50 pounds rather than thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, and I think they fully understand that this isn't us. It's something that's required from by, 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 uh, by customs. Um, but in terms of the scaremongering, no, I mean, I, I've actually witnessed worse things than I've seen in the papers and, and the news. All right. Um, so genuinely the, the, there are them stories are not blown out of the water okay. and they're probably the tip of the iceberg. If, if, and I, I'm probably blinking a little bit because this is us 24 seven. Well, you're in it. Um, you're in it, aren't you? You're living and breathing that's, it. And, that's uh, all you're seeing. So, yeah, yeah it is tough. Um, but yeah, it's it, as I said earlier. I think Chinese New Year will see a breaking point, and I think by mid to end of the year we'll get used to this. So, in in terms of answering your question, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. That's all right. Is there something the businesses could do? Yes. Um, speak to us as soon as they know. As soon as they think they might be needing to ship something, as soon as they think something might be changing. Pick up the phone. Don't just speak to us. I, I'm here representing my business. Um, but there are many forwarders. In fact, 
I think we've got more forwarders per square mile in the northeast than there are in London. Mm. So it gives you an idea of the competitiveness in our in our sector. So yeah, pick up the phone to me, pick up the phone to anyone and speak to your forwarder. You've got to be in touch with them and don't think oh, I should be all right, because it's not. No. It's genuinely not. And it's not me trying to make money. It's the the it should be all right moment's long gone, hasn't it? Yeah, Nick, yeah. I worked out last week, actually. I sent an email um, 39 months ago um, to our uh, customs team saying, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. We don't know an awful lot at the moment, but we definitely know this with the customs declarations. We need to train our staff. We need a team of 10. Uh, we need to contact our customers and explain this, even though they won't really fully... If I can just go back another step. So I'm going to pick on one business in particular. There's a great friend of mine, a guy called Keith Miller, Echo Finishing in Middlesbrough. Mm. He uh, transports goods all over the world, but particularly in the Middle East and the Far East, okay? Um, for him, exporting isn't a massive challenge, right? Mm. Because he's done it with countries that aren't Europe for a long, long time. And yeah. them countries are particularly difficult to export to. You need certain things like letters of credit. You need Arab documents signed by the embassy in London. So he appreciates the time scales involved. So if he had to export to Europe, which I'm sure he will at some point, it wouldn't be a massive challenge. That said, he is a one-man band, effectively. So he's got a staff of about 20, but he's the salesman, he's the director, he's the finance guy, he does an awful lot. Yeah. His daughter helps in his business. So for him to give his daughter the responsibility to just start shipping to Europe would be a massive issue, although she is very well-versed in case she's listening. Um, it, it's genuinely not a job you can just give to someone who doesn't know or hasn't done it before. It does require training. So, yeah, speak to us, ask us questions. And I've always said we use far too much jargon in our industry, in core terms, commodity code. All, and people go, what? I go, just let's do it. And that's what I've always done. The the the, the in core term is the trade in which you're doing with your customer where the insurance risk passes from them to you or you to them. Right. And in quote, a commodity code is just a birth certificate for your product. Right. It tells us what it is. So I explain it that way rather than, oh, yeah, I need you. Commodity code will go. Who? Yeah. And and that, what are you doing then? What you doing then with jargon is, is is making it more difficult. So some people then bury their head in the sand and don't do what they're supposed to do with it. I yeah. guess. And then that bit of paper, Nick, goes on a file because they don't want to deal with it. And yeah. then by the time they repick it up, it's too late. Yeah. So I would say, look, don't complicate things. Make it easy for them, um, because it is it is a complex industry. Hmm. You mentioned the Chinese New Year. What? Um, but I didn't push you on that. I'd, I'd be interested. Why is that? Because the, the, you think they're going to be back open for normal business from then, and that'll just that'll be the the sort of wave that we ride back on. Is that is that what the Chinese New Year is about? Is, is it end of February Chinese New Year? Mid Feb, I think. Yeah, mid. I think uh, just after Valentine's. I want to say the eighteenth, but I could yeah. be wrong. Um, and for me, Nick, um, do you never feel better when you've slept on something? Mm. Always, I always do. So if someone gives me a headache, or I've got an issue I've got to deal with, or there's a, there's a problem. I look, I say, okay, and if, I, if it allows me to, I'll say, just give me till tomorrow, I'll, have, I'll think about it. Yeah. And you feel so much better because you haven't rushed into it. And I think this will happen with the Chinese and they'll have their break, they'll come back and people forget how challenging some things were and how challenging things are. And I think we'll just see a steady slow of, of, of prices reducing for a start. Yeah. Um, someone at LV is going to go mad here, by the way, because I'm telling the prices are coming down. And if they don't, it'd be my fault. But yeah. joking aside, um, I think, I think again, naturally as humans, we, we generally, after a break, we try and ease ourselves back into things, and that, that should happen. Um, you know, the, the I won't get into the politics of the Chinese, but they've controlled the markets very well for a very long period of time, and mm. they're a country that has seen their GDP grow rapidly as a result of certain activities that have happened in the globe, not mm. just in their country. So 
um, you know, these are smart people. These are very well-educated people. They, they, they know what they're doing. And the hands up, we're copiers. We're not. We're not innovators. We copy. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting. It's an interesting time. So the next six months will really be um, the, the the make or break as to whether we're going to see prices go back to normal. I don't think so, but they'll certainly reduce to somewhere where is, let's call it palatable for us and, and doable. Manageable, I would think is probably the phrase. Yeah. I think I think I should say here then all views expressed by Matthew Order. <laughs> yeah. Those of Matthew Order, not necessarily. Every... Yeah, I think I've had to change my Twitter a few times to say that as well. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitter's dangerous. I, I'm on LinkedIn for business and I'm on Twitter for football. And somebody said to me a few years ago, I was doing a sales training course and uh, he said to me at the break, he said, oh, you're an angry Borough fan, aren't you? You know, when we had, <laughs> when we had Tony Pulis, he was like, yeah, you're not kidding. He said, uh, you're an angry Borough fan, aren't you? I said, how do you know I'm an angry Borough? He said, I follow you on Twitter. I said, oh, don't follow me yeah. on Twitter. Twitter's not, it's not football, whatever. So you be careful. People will find yeah. you. Yeah, I've had, I've had the odd running on Twitter. It's, I, I don't know. It's it's, it's um, testing times, isn't it, at the moment we, we, with all the challenges we've all got going up and everyone seems to be an expert on everything. You're not allowed to say anything without saying, but, you know, and without someone trying to turn it. I, I just, so I generally don't bother now. There's a bloke in a pub who's an expert in something. If you're allowed in the pub, there's always... John in, the, John in the corner was an expert at so-and-so. He's never been it. He's never been no. an expert. He's got an opinion on it. So Twitter just gives him that rule, doesn't it? So, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so light at the end of the tunnel, you reckon, or is it still a long tunnel and we're probably going to get through 2021 before we see 2022 being... Uh, I'm asking from a selfish point of view. My son is, is massively into global travelling. He's done... Australian Gold Coast, he's done, you know, nine or 10 countries in Southeast Asia. He's got his funds set aside where he would quite like at some stage to go to New Zealand and South America. Is he going to get to New Zealand and South America in 2021? What's your view? You're a, you're a global a global transport shipping. Can you, can you stick with a container for us? Just tell him, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Nick. I've seen yesterday, I think, was it Sydney or Melbourne, there was one case of COVID and they shut the whole, the whole place down. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think tougher measures would be good, but having said that, now they're not really um, reveling in any glory now, are they? It's not like, oh, well, you did that and we did that and we're much better off. They were for a period of time, but it hasn't been sustained. Um, Travel-wise, I think, well, you know, from a personal point of view, again, I've had two really big uh, golfing holidays with the lads cancelled to Portugal in the last couple of years. So I'm hoping, although it has been cancelled, I'm hoping for end of this year for something and we're also due, due to go back to Disney as a family. So, yeah, I mean, we'd all love it, wouldn't we? We'd all spend our hard-saved cash if there's any left. And yeah. um, it's a tough one. I think um, every country is going to be different. Mm. Uh, these new outbreaks are a bit of a concern for individual countries. I think borders will close a little bit easier than we've ever seen before. Um, strain, think, new strains of the worry as well, aren't they? Get the, you get one under control, a new strain, they're not sure how to react to it. So let's take it into a business context for the last question then, I guess, in terms of what 2021 holds for a company ambassador at LV Shipping and Transport. Um, obviously, you know, you are in Teesside a lot. You're a Teesside lad and proud of it, but your job involves, you've got eight offices in the UK, you've got, you know, Holland to look after, you've got, you know, global stuff. Um is there a thought of a big exhibition that keeps you going? Because it's a big exhibition kind of business, isn't it, where you go out and see people? You know, what are the what are the ones that were traditionally on your radar that you were that you've missed that you'd like to get back to, Matthew? Oh, particularly ones in the uh, in, in in Dubai, they're the best ones. Uh, there's the European shows that are pretty good in Germany. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, it, it is nice. Um, life's changed for me over the last couple of years. You can probably see a couple of uh, small paintings there. So yeah. 
you know, I, I've, I've been really, really, really blessed and very fortunate. Uh, I've got a great family. Um, we've got a great partner, an amazing daughter, a great job. And I feel very fortunate when I speak to people that you know that we mentioned off air. Um, I, I'm always the guy that's always positive. So if I'm ever quiet for a day, something's up. Um, so I don't know, Nick. I think um, there's not a lot um, that, um, that I'm not driven by. Getting up each day, making sure our business moves forward, making sure I do something positive for the business. That's what drives me. Yes, the rest is nice. I think... By the end of this year, we will see some. I just had an email today from the EIC, which is the uh, Energy Industry Council. They've got a show. I can't remember where it was now. I want to say Japan that looks like it's going to go ahead. Uh, one of their big oil and gas shows. Um, there's a few with um, the guys at NOF and Energy Coast and others that are trying to plan things. Um, the EIC is the only one that I've seen that have said, this is going to happen. Do you want a bookie space? And that's for November. Right. Well, they've got the Olympics to get through yet in Japan as well. And that's- I was just going to say, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of hurdles. Um, I love a challenge, so I'm the opposite of some people. I, you know, when it gets hard and everyone else is down, my job is to rally around and get the troops and say, come on, we can get through this and mm. speak to him and get in touch with them and they can help. And, you know, the, the world isn't ending. And, and I'm always fairly balanced on the views I give from LV Shipping. We were lucky that as a sector we were to remain operational through the whole of um, – the, the first and second and third. Are we at the fourth one? I'm not sure. Lockdown. Um, and I'm sure mid-March, as people started to get sent home, as businesses started to close, as we were told of the news, if you'd have said to our chief financial operating officer that we'd be 10% down across the board in a year, mm. you'd have took your hand off. Yeah. Um, and we're probably 10% down because we've missed a little bit of that working together in the office you know, then things that you hear and you go, did you just speak to so-and-so? So-and-so there. I need to speak to him. So I think as a business, and I'm very, very cautious when I say this, we've done okay, Nick. Yeah. Um, my partner has a florist that hasn't done okay. Her father has a large engineering business. That's done brilliant. Yeah. However, I'm aware that people have passed away. People have lost the jobs. People have lost businesses. So I don't really enjoy anybody, particularly on social media, going, yeah, we've had a brilliant time through COVID. Yeah. I sit there and I think, come on, please, just... Tailor what you're saying to the audience and understand that it has been trying for some people, whilst it might not have been a bigger test for you. Mm. Um, So I'm very positive and and I can't change that. So even when I'm saying these things, I'm still ready for the next thing. And the challenges are real, but I I love a challenge. There's a a bit of humility needed, isn't there? I I don't get me wrong. I quite like the idea of, 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 you know, success stories. I think the news is full of, you know, the opposite of that, but you've got to have a bit of humility about it as well. Like you say, you know, there's been a lot of tragedy around this, hasn't there? So, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, a bit more to come. So, listen, I'm just going to share the screen with uh, those who watch on YouTube. So, it's got your contact details on here, Matthew. Oh, that, great. Um, those who, who uh, are regulars will know that the, um, the podcast hosted on uh, the Impactus Group website. It also links out to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, the usual stuff. Um, and the YouTube version will be on our YouTube channel um, when this goes out. Um, all the, the show notes will have your contact details in anyway, but they're on there as well, Matthew, in terms of um, your, your um, phone number, your email and, and the website, et cetera, et cetera. All that remains for me to say is, listen, that's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I think in terms of exploring the job role, that was just a little bit of tongue in cheek, you know, in terms of tell me what, tell me what makes you a blooming ambassador, you know, hark at you from Middlesbrough with that job title. <laughs> but I've enjoyed exploring that, but I've also enjoyed your sort of insights and views on, you know, where, where things might be for, for the wider business economy. So Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. 
Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Cheers.